12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3, 12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham. Joining me on the show is Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist. And it's time for our Australia report. Welcome back, Jason. Brand new year. How are you feeling? I'm good. Happy new year to you, Adrian. I know it's a couple of weeks old, but happy new year to you and all the Money FM listeners. Good to be back. Yeah, great to have you back on the show. And the biggest talking point, Jason, over the last week has been a certain Novak Djokovic and his uh, sort of participation at the Australian Open. He flew in, he had the exemption as he was not vaccinated. He went to a detention hotel and the court cleared him to play. But we haven't heard the last of this. No, we haven't. I mean, for the moment, Novak Djokovic is scheduled to take on his fellow Serbian, Miamir Kecmanovic, in the first round of the Aussie Open. It starts on Monday, but there's a good chance, a reasonable chance, that he won't be allowed to play. Now, as you've uh, explained, he had a medical exemption to come in to Australia on his visa. He's a well-known anti-vaxxer from all reports. He hasn't been vaccinated. And initially, his visa was cancelled as he arrived in Melbourne. He went into a detention hotel. And I know you've been following this story closely. And then there was a a legal battle and he won the battle and was told he could compete in the Australian Open or could enter Australia legally because he wasn't given due process in that um, visa, I guess, dispute uh, when he first arrived in Melbourne. But there is the chance that the uh, immigration minister may overturn the decision before he plays his first match next week. So this is an ongoing story for the moment. Novak Djokovic, the number one seed, he's uh, won nine Australian Open titles, going for number 10 defending champ, trying to go for his 21st Grand Slam title. He is scheduled to play next week. We had the draw yesterday and he was drawn against his fellow Serbian. But this story, I think is continuing and we may have some more drama before the Australian Open begins on Monday. Yeah, Stefanos Tsitsipas, the Greek tennis player, has also voiced his opinion on Djokovic's situation. He's made them all look quite stupid. All the ones who are actually vaccinated. Yeah, indeed. Of course, this is a keen rival uh, to Novak Djokovic, the Greek number four ranked tennis player, Stefanos Tsitsipas. He says the majority of tennis players have been made to look foolish by Novak Djokovic because, you know, 97 of the top 100 men's players in the world have taken the vaccine, but Djokovic has tried to find a way around it. He said a very small majority of that percentage chose to follow their own way, and it kind of makes the rest of us, sorry, the majority, look like we're fools or something. That was a quote from the uh, Greek player Stefanos Tsitsipas. Uh, Yeah, so Rafael Nadal has weighed in on this, uh, Andy Murray says that um, Novak has questions to answer. So, yeah, it is dividing uh, opinion. But I would say the majority of Australians here feel that Novak Djokovic should not be allowed to compete because he's not following the rules of this nation. It can't be one rule for him and another rule for everyone else. Australia has very strict border controls. Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister, also said in a statement last week that you know his case is no different to the citizens or whether it's travellers coming back or tourists as well. He shouldn't have any special treatment. Let's talk about Australia's COVID-19 situation as well. Cases have been at an all-time high, a million cases over the last few weeks. What's the government and the authorities doing to contain this massive Omicron outbreak? 
Well, Adrian, a lot has changed since we spoke around a month ago with Australia's uh, coronavirus situation. The Omicron variant is wreaking havoc. You know, we almost had 100,000 cases in New South Wales in a single day earlier this week. And, you know, big problem is that small businesses and unions are really upset with what Prime Minister Scott Morrison has pledged in, in this burgeoning staffing crisis that's been caused by the Omicron wave. You know, pretty much people are having to isolate because they've tested positive And that means that um, supply chains are at breaking point. We've seen supermarket shelves empty and, and many businesses just can't get workers to come into the office. So this is affecting every industry across Australia, including that vital supply chain. Uh, so Scott Morrison yesterday actually tried to come up with a plan for this, but a lot of people say he hasn't done enough because, um, you know, small businesses are, are really going through a difficult time at the moment. Um, you know, it's frustrating for the government to turn around and say at this stage for small businesses that they're going through so much, they're not essential businesses. And this is, again, wreaking havoc with uh, all of uh, industry across Australia. Mr Morrison said that up to 10% of the Australian workforce was off at any one time. But some industries uh, estimate that could be up to 50% that people... 50% of your staff cannot come to work because they're close contacts or they've contracted um, coronavirus. You put it perfectly there. It's wrecked havoc in Australia. Just as we thought that things were slowly improving, the new variant had other ideas. We're in conversation with Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist, all the way out in Brisbane, giving us the latest headlines from down under. Staying with Australia, Jason, big news as well, making the headlines. Virginia Jufre, she's based in Perth, pushing ahead with her civil case against Prince Andrew as the prince is stripped of his titles. Now, we know his association with Jeffrey Epstein, the sex offender, Jelaine Maxwell as well, his wife. What's happening here? Because it's an ongoing saga. Yeah, Virginia Giuffre is an American. You know, she was born in 1983, um, but she has lived in Australia for a lot of the, the last few years. She uh, has these accusations against not just Jeffrey Epstein, who, of course, has died, but also against Ghislaine Maxwell, who was found guilty. And uh, she's launching this civil case against Britain's Prince Andrew, accusing the prince of, uh, you know, having sex with her when she was 17 years of age. The prince has denied that. But she is based in, in Perth now, mm. um, Virginia Jeffrey, formerly Virginia Roberts. Uh, and that was part of the, the case that um, Prince Andrew's legal team was saying that, uh, you know, she couldn't mount this U.S. legal case against Prince Andrew. But she's actually registered to vote in Colorado, where her mother lives. So uh, that's been thrown out. She can proceed with her civil case against Prince Andrew. And, you know, this story is is really creating big headlines down here. You know, she's lived in Queensland, has Virginia Giuffre up in Cairns, but now she's based in a suburb of Perth. And, you know, a lot of people here are behind her and her attempts to try and get justice. Uh, this all dates back to her time working as a locker room attendant at Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago Resort in Palm Beach. And that was where she was scouted, if you like, by Ghislaine Maxwell and makes these accusations against both Jeffrey Epstein and also Prince Andrew, who's, uh, of course, had his 
some of his, you know, his Royal Highness um, title taken away and also some military titles um, that's happened just in the last 24 hours or so. Yeah, even given the evidence against him with that very famous photo, actually, and he said he doesn't know her. He was never there. Um, it's just uh, comical right now. Jason, we're going to end the show on a, on a bit of sad news. Uh, Shebi Singh, former Malaysia footballer and TV pundit, passed away on January 12th because of a heart attack while he was cycling. You worked with Shebby at ESPN and at Astro. How did you react to this news? Yeah, it was shocking news. You know, Shebby and I knew each other for more than 20 years. I actually worked with Shebby initially at ESPN Star Sports in Singapore. And already at that point, you know, he was well known across the region as someone who was successful in football for Malaysia. He helped them win the Sea Games gold medal in 1989. Uh, he made, I think, more than 60 caps uh, for Malaysia, was well known for matches against Singapore in the height of the Malaysia Cup days. And, uh, you know, lots of Singaporeans would know him from TV. So, yeah, we worked together um, again at Astro uh, when I worked up there in Malaysia in my former role as a, as a sports broadcaster. And the thing about Shebby was he was super fit. He would always talk about cycling. He didn't drink, didn't smoke, always ate very healthily. And the sad news was that uh, he suffered a suspected heart attack while cycling, um, you know, earlier this week. And I was shocked. I shared some photos on social media. I know that, um, uh, of course, we had uh, you know some big names uh, from uh, Singapore football also, you know, Fandi Ahmed was uh, paying tribute to him because he knew that uh, he'd play against him as a teammate actually with him at KL and Pahang. He said it was very sad to hear the shocking news. I think last time I saw Shabby was about three years ago when I was uh, living there in uh, Singapore. But I think the most amazing thing about Shabby's story is that he was appointed global advisor for English championship side Blackburn Rovers just after Blackburn were in the Premier League. In a, and it was Venkis. The owners of Venkis based in Pune in India who'd seen Shebby on TV. Shebby went to Pune to talk to them about his ideas for the club and they gave him this role, which was really unheard of for a Southeast Asian to get this kind of role, global advisor uh, with Blackburn Rovers. And he had uh, a lot of control over players that came in and out. So this was the kind of guy he was, uh, you know, very polarizing figure, courted controversy, fell out with lots of people over the years, including me. But the last time, uh, last few times that I saw him, we got on very well. So I was very sad to see uh, Chevy go because uh, he was one of a kind and he was a proud Sikh. And a lot of uh, Singaporean Sikhs uh, would be uh, feeling this this week. Yeah, it's a terrible loss. Shebby Singh was, you know, I grew up watching a Shebby Singh, just like I, I remember watching you on ESPN Star with Sports and a Shebby Singh uh, used to uh, be a part of the panel on Football Focus, uh, Soccer Saturday, Super Sunday. You know, it's just a, it's an incredibly sad time for the sporting fraternity out in Southeast Asia. Yeah, indeed. I think, uh, you know, Shebby uh, was very courageous. He was brave, you know, and we all know that living in Malaysia as a minority up there, it's it's challenging if you're an Indian or you're a Chinese or from other some other ethnic group. It's not easy to get ahead. So Shebby could speak well. You know, he had strong views. I didn't always agree on some of his views on football. And he would say some outrageous things. Uh, but, you know, John Dykes, who was my colleague at ESPN Star, saw something in Shebby. And I remember I would be walking along the streets of, of KL when I worked up in Astro as a, as a broadcaster, and people would say, how's Shebby? How's Shebby doing? <laughs> and there were several years when Shebby and I did not work together at Astro, but right at the end, uh, we had a show that uh, called 
turning points about the Premier League. And we also did the 2014 World Cup and I brought Chebby in for that, brought him back after several years not working with us. And he was fantastic. And it was it's a real a shame to see him go because you never know when you're going to, you know, pass away. And he was one of the fittest guys, one of the most committed guys. And he was a great dad. He was proud of his son and his daughter. He would always talk about them. So the guy had a big heart, uh, you know, uh, uh, metaphorically, and, and sadly, it looks as though a heart attack may have been the cause behind this uh, untimely death. Yeah, the thoughts of Jason Dacey on the sad passing of former footballer and TV pundit Shebby Singh, as well as the latest headlines from Down Under. Jason, thank you so much for your time, and I look forward to speaking to you soon. Thanks very much, Adrian. And the borders are now open here between Queensland and New South Wales, or they will be from this weekend. So that means it's going to be very easy for anyone to go back and forth uh, into New South Wales and Queensland. And I know my friends at Queensland Tourism in Singapore are just crossing their fingers and waiting for the international borders to be open here too. So a lot of Singaporeans can come down and enjoy the, the beaches of the Gold Coast and also the theme parks and everything else like Cairns and the Barrier Reef. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.